Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast, the 29th day of September 2023. Happy, glorious, delicious, and well-deserved Friday to you. I am Derek. It's the last It's the last weekday of September. Tomorrow is the last day of September, so don't confuse the two. Tomorrow will be the uh, week in effing review, and boy, howdy, I've got some things floating around in my head that need to be talked about in terms that adults use in mixed company whilst usually drunk. So check that out at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot com. S'il vous plaît, if you please. Right before I, I started recording, I just heard an interesting fact. And it is, I don't, I don't watch the show. My parents loved it. Uh, America's Got Talent. I've seen bits of it, and some of it's pretty damned amazing. So they're like, oh, my God, they can do that. And you watch it, and you go, wow, that's a great, that's a thing. I mean, I don't know that it, it's a talent, per se. It's certainly an ability, but whatever. Uh, but you win a million bucks. I just learned that that's paid out over 40 freaking years. 40 years. It's an annuity. For The show is making more than a million dollars profit, I promise you. If it weren't making more than a million dollars, if it weren't making millions of dollars in profit, they wouldn't make the damn show. They'd cancel it. But they uh, they give it out over 40 years. Now, that might be appealing. If you're like 18 years old, it'd be smart. You'd go, oh, I'm going to have guaranteed income for a very long time if that's what you want, if that's the way you want to do it. $25,000 a year, be nice. I have to work the rest of the time. But at $25,000 on top of everything else, be pretty nice. But in the grand scheme of things, $25,000 a year ain't squat for doing all this crap. And I promise you, I promise you that these people are signed to an exclusive deal, probably not for 40 years, but with the America's Got Talent Corporation or whatever the hell it is, for an exceedingly long time. If you remember, I don't know if it's true anymore. Is is America or no? uh, What the hell was the singing contest? Not the voice. The, uh, the uh, I don't know. Whatever the one Kelly Clarkson won and all the other people that won. I can't remember what that show's called. But um, when that show was on, or at least mattered, it the winner got a record contract worth a hundred thousand dollars, whatever, and then they had a, a, an exclusive deal. They were basically owned. It was an audition to essentially be owned by the company that produced the show. They were now your your agent or whatever. So they got they wet their beaks and they controlled it. And it was you know the record industry, especially in the fifties when rock and roll started, was notorious for screwing people over. And it's gotten better but it still screws people over. And this show is like, you give the impression, oh my God, they're going to get a million dollar contract or whatever it is and be wonderful. No, they they basically get an exclusive deal where for a number of years, they're owned by the, the company that produced them. It's a long audition process, not a talent show. It's an audition process. And you go, huh, that's weird. They didn't really explain that all that much. I don't think they explained to their audience that you get... $4 million over 40 years. Cut a damn check. Good God. Anyway, welcome to the program. Talk about the debate. 
Let's talk about the debate. The debate was, it happened. The moderate, you know, I don't know. You can say anybody you really liked won the debate. There's a case to be made for everybody. Uh, but except for maybe Vivek Ramaswamy, I thought that Vivek, it's weird. Vivek in the first debate was all about how everybody on this stage is bought and paid for but me. I'm the only one. I'm as pure as the wind-driven Hunter Biden cocaine. And now in this debate, he's like, everybody up on this stage is a good person. Everybody up on this stage is... Like, wait a second. That's a huge shift in tactics. He got some bumps out of... Not cocaine bumps. He got some bumps out of the uh, first debate. You would think he would have stuck with the same kind of attitude, but he didn't. He then got... uh, criticized, attacked, whatever you want to call it, for doing business in China while sort of trying to say he never did business in China, and for attacking TikTok as the world's greatest evil and then signing up for TikTok for his campaign. Whatever. I mean, you've got to play. You can sit there and say, and the, the TikTok thing I don't blame him for. You've got to go where to where the voters are, and you can be as critical as you want of current law, but still obey current law. And you could say, look, this law needs to be changed, but I'll adhere to it as long as it's the law. It's just how the world works. He didn't have a very good defense of his seeming hypocrisy, which made the attack all the more effective. But in general, I don't think he did terribly. I don't think anybody did terribly. I thought that Nikki Haley speaks really fast, speaking of cocaine, but she did good. She did fine. She did whatever she needed to do. I think her momentum will continue for a little bit. I think Ron DeSantis did fine. Wasn't any, there were no knockout blows, but it's, it's impossible to land knockout blows against somebody who runs away from the fight. And Donald Trump wasn't there. So you can't really knock somebody out who isn't in the ring with you. Doug Burgum, Burgum did fine. Again, he tried to assert himself. It wasn't very effective. And that brings us to the moderators, which I think were the real problem with this debate. They were terrible. They sucked. I'm sorry, but Fox has a habit of elevating people based on, seemingly based on potential I guess, or the perceived, their press releases. They put Martha McCallum out there in the first debate and Brett Baer and like, oh, it's Martha Martha McCallum is their serious news anchor, female serious news anchor. They have Brett Baer is their serious male news anchor, although he seems surprised by some things that, that happened in history too that happened in his lifetime, which seems a bit odd. But honestly... The same was true for, for and, and I find Martha McCallum to be, when you, you you listen to her talk not on a teleprompter, to be uh, not impressive. That doesn't mean she's stupid. It's just, you know, there's impressive and there's not impressive. And then there's like, my God, what the hell's wrong with these people? She's not a, my God, what the hell's wrong with these people? But she's not impressive. Dana Perino is perfectly nice and capable of being good. But I don't know if it's the format or what. She was terrible last night. Terrible. 
What do I mean? Why was it? She was terrible because she asked stupid questions. And then at the she asked questions, actually all of them asked questions that would be better suited to come from MSNBC. Let's talk about the, the Univision chick. I don't know why they had to get Univision. I know they go, well, we want to reach Hispanic voters. I'm sorry, do Hispanic voters not have remote controls? Do Hispanic voters not have the ability to change the channel on their television? Do you have to partner with Univision or Telemundo in order to reach Hispanic voters? Are they not allowed to watch other networks that are, you know, in the language of the country? But, of course, the lady from Univision asked all about the race-based. It's all race-based. Oh, immigration, blah, 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 blah. Nonstop or gun violence. They... Uh, terms of the progressive left were on full display yesterday all of their premises were accepted as fact and presented as questions they asked about child care costs okay child care costs i have childs their care has increased in cost especially since when i was a kid or when my other friends started having kids before me whatever but honestly I wanted somebody to say, what the hell does the federal government have to do with your daycare costs? Nothing. All right. Or say something else like, now this is me. And this is why I say that Republicans are God awful at messaging. You look at it and you say, look, we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to regulate it. We have no constitutional authority to do anything. To, to We're not going to subsidize your child care costs. What we're going to do is get the federal government out of your way and out of your life as much as humanly possible. We're not going to overtax you. We're not going to overregulate your life. And you then will be freer to do whatever you want with your life. And that means you'll have more of your own money. Then you'll be able to do with that whatever you like. You can pay for child care. You might be able to have a parent stay home if you so choose. But part of the reason why we're having this discussion or anybody would think this was an issue at all is because the federal government has metastasized so much into every single part of society that you can't escape it. And it adds cost to everything. The federal government makes things more expensive. Incompetence and just involvement. And so I'm going to cut through as much of that as possible with a machete to get it out of the way. What you do with your life after that is entirely up to you. I am going to liberate you from the shackles of the federal government. That would I would love to see that. But I also would have loved to see somebody go, what the hell are you asking about child care? What role does the federal government have to do in child care? If you're going to ask about the cost of things, how about you ask about the cost of things? Let's face it. Not everybody has kids. Most people who have kids do not have young kids who require child care. Just look at people have adult children. People have teenage children. So they don't need child care. There's a very small percentage of children that are in the age group of child care. So you're pandering to them. And you go, well, if you really want to talk about the cost of things or even inflation, which it wasn't about inflation, it's just general whining. Talk about gas prices. Talk about the grocery store. Hey, you can't get out of the grocery store for less than 80 bucks. You just really can't get out of it unless you, you get stuff in the cart and then you go and you just start putting stuff back before you get up there. That's the only way you just make a conscious decision to go, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put this back. I'm going to put this back. I'm not going to get this. I'm going to hold off on this. I'm going to get the smaller size of that, whatever. That's the only way to get out of the grocery store for less than 80 bucks. 
And there wasn't a question about that. It's a question about what well, child care and blah, 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 blah. I get it, but it's coming from Dana Perino, who doesn't have kids. Sorry, you're free to not have kids, but that just tell it's not a question that I don't think occurs to Dana Perino. Why would it? And when I didn't have kids, I wasn't going, well, gee, what is the cost of children for, for people who have them? You know, the cost of dog care, the kennel sitting, maybe that's something she would have a vested personal interest in. But otherwise, no. It's a question that came up, that was come up with by committee. And that's the problem. The whole thing was a joke. A lot of these questions would have been better suited coming from MSNBC or whatever. So I say everybody, and that's the title of my piece in The Hill today, was is everyone lost the second debate especially the audience especially the audience because it was terrible terrible Stuart varney asked about uaws the strike okay great the strike is in the news but he didn't ask about it in uh, you know the hey the electric vehicles are really going to decimate the auto workers here because it takes like a quarter of the employees of the workers to put together an electric car compared to a gas-powered car and the biden administration is pushing this forward no didn't ask that it was framed in the left-wing way like will the ceos make 300 times what the uaw line workers make oh so what there's a better, instead of going, we need to knock that guy down, we need to get him, whatever it is, it's mostly stock, so it's stock performance, you got to actually perform, and you know, you'll be fired if the company doesn't do well, but that's beside the point. The lesson isn't, go burn down that ivory tower over there, the lesson is, hey, if you want to get into that ivory tower, if that's important to you, and it's not important to everybody. Most of the UAW members I've known, including members of my own family, father, uncles, and so on and so forth, their main goal was just to be able to live, just to make enough money to support their family. Not everybody wants to live like Taylor Swift. They really don't. It's one thing the left doesn't understand, and sadly, I don't think the right understands either. People are, a lot of people are content. Now, so much of our culture is now designed to make people discontent, to make them jealous and then turn that jealousy into rage and use that rage to motivate people to do things. But most people who are over the age of 25 do not live in a constant state of seething rage about what somebody else has compared to what they do. And they don't want to, you know, my parents never thought of flying, let alone flying private. Now everybody wants to, feels this sense of entitlement to it because some jackass they follow on social media does it. It's not fair that they, well, they're, I don't know, and most, I'd say they earned it, but at a minimum, they're the kid of somebody who earned it or whatever. Somewhere in their lineage earned it. It might suck, but that doesn't make it unfair. Something sucking doesn't make it unfair. But they never ask those questions like that. They never go, hey, instead of going, that CEO is paid too much, they go, hey, you want to be a CEO, how about you bust your ass? You're maybe not going to make it to CEO level, but you can make it high up that ivory tower. And the higher you get up, your kid gets up that ivory tower, even if they only make it to the middle, management, whatever. Uh, maybe their kid can make it to senior management. And then eventually, because there only can only be one CEO at a time, eventually you can get up there and become king or queen of the mountain. What about that one? 
again, the framing of the question was very progressive, and the answers to the questions were bad. It went right to Tim Scott. Tim Scott, God bless Tim Scott, but it was not particularly impressive on a lot of things. And he got back into the, we shouldn't have had that line about some people learned some skills in slavery, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, it was written by descendants of slaves. It was written by two black men, the curriculum in Florida, Tim. Take the L and move on. But he also, another thing that was unimpressive about Tim Scott was he played the identity politics crap. What did he do? When in response to a question from the Univision or tele, it was Univision, I guess, Univision person, he talked about how he's got the only, God, I can't remember, it's Hispanic, but I think it was female Hispanic chief of staff in the United States Senate, to which I just go, who gives a damn? But that, that's a left-wing thing. They're, they're the people who sit there at the door with the clicker going, we got too many of this one and not enough of this one. We judge people by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. And here you are going, I have hired somebody who's uh, Hispanic to be my chief of staff. Okay, so what? What do you do as the United States? It's not, that's not an accomplishment. It's the opposite of an accomplishment. Which you said she was hired because she's you know, the most qualified or whatever, but I question the sincerity of that when you choose to, rather than highlight the qualifications of a person, you highlight the skin tone, the ethnic heritage of a person. It was overall, Mike Pence was there. He didn't have the energy. Mike Pence also had like two or three canned lines, jokes um, that fell wildly flat he came out in the first debate with a lot of energy he came out in this debate with not a lot of energy it just it chris christie was chris christie he had a good moment when he's like to vivek put your hand down calm down i've still got time but otherwise meh nothing about it was such a distracting debate because of how piss poor the moderators were that it was shocking, really. And the real problem here with the Republican debate is that this was the best the Republican Party can do. It's a sad commentary on the Republican Party and on the state of the media. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum were not impressive, and this group of people were not impressive. Maybe... the. If you watch the old debates, and you, you, you talk about nerds, go back and watch some debates from the 80s or 90s. Doesn't even have to be back to the Kennedy-Nixon debates in 1960. Go and watch them. The moderators are genuinely, generally, not always, not exclusively, semi-serious people. Left-wing hacks, to be sure, for the most part. But the further you go back, the less likely that is to be the case. And the less likely it is to be gotcha questions. I'm going to ask this of this person. They stuck to the issues. They don't go, this person said something or did something or whatever, change it, and I can really nail them with this question. They don't do so much research on the... Now they do research on the person, on the candidate, and try and tailor their questions to sort of put the candidates on the spot, on the defensive, on their heels, however you want to put it. Whereas in the past, the question, those were, those sorts of questions were reserved for 
um, interviews, not debates. Debate questions were about what? They were about the issues. What are you going? This is the, here is the problem. What is your solution to this problem? That's much more informative, much more important to the American people, I think, and a great greater service to the audience. Oh, we didn't get that. We didn't get that it, at the Reagan ranch. And it was exemplified by the laughable, literally, they all refused. And thank God Ron DeSantis stepped up and said, I'm not going to answer this. And then everybody else like, I'm not going to answer this either. This is crap. The stupid, who would you vote off the island question. That is a question that is designed to make stories and get buzz the next day in the news coverage. That was near the end of the thing. Who would you vote on? Because they knew, oh, man, if we get that, then we'll get a fight going, and that'll be some great TV, and we'll get a whole bunch of clips shown on there. It was wildly stupid. Nothing is advanced. No one is informed by anything related to that. And yet Dana Perino asked it. It was come up with by committee. They all refused to do it, and good on them for that. The GOP really needs to find a better format than partnering with Fox exclusively. Fox can carry it. I would say Fox can carry it. Fox can have one of the questioners, but there should be three questioners. The other two are from conservative print outlets. Conservative print outlets. Serious journalists. I would love to see Byron York ask some questions at a debate. Byron York is one of the smartest people you could ever hear from in the world of political news coverage. I would love to see that. Put him up there and you can get anybody you want from Fox up there next to him as long as they're only a third of it and you let Fox carry it. But the RNC has to exert control over who gets on the stage to ask questions. I also think they need to raise the bar a little bit one or two or three percent or whatever the hell it is in poll is not not enough. You need to get that down to four people. And then you need to let them have more than one minute to talk. Or every time somebody's referred to, they get 30 seconds to respond to. It's stupid. God, everything would be so much better if I ruled the world, wouldn't it, ladies and gentlemen? You're welcome. It's true. All right, I'm going to call it a day there because I have to go to the lavatory. And uh, there's not really much else going on as far as I'm concerned, at least as of this recording. And it's the weekend, so let's get it started. Don't forget, we've got one more show this week, one more day this week, or this month, at uh, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Sign up and support the show, if you please, and you can sign up to enter to win either a signed book by uh, genius actor Gene Hackman, or Greg Gutfeld, the king of late night. He was. He's not on late night anymore. I guess he forfeited that title. Anyway, I appreciate you listening. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter at locals.com. Or you can just email me and say, I want to try a sample of the week in F and review, and I'll send it to you. Either way, everybody wins. Have a great weekend. We've already won because it is the weekend. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.